Well, I guess this is somewhat of a continuation, um, kind of unexpected, but so I'll just give a quick recap. Uh, we talked about a couple weeks ago that God does what he says, and that simple faith is just to believe that. Simple faith is just believing God does what he says. And we, we know faith is the big thing. Faith is a big thing, not knowledge, not accomplishments, not impact on the world, but faith. Jesus never said, great is your knowledge, or great are your accomplishments. He never said, great is your influence, but he did say, great is your faith. And faith is what pleases God. Hebrews 11 says, they gained approval through faith. Not through knowledge, not through accomplishments. On the last day, we're not going to hear, well done, productive servant. We're not going to hear, well done, influential servant. We won't, we won't, we're not going to hear, well, well done, smart servant. We're going to hear, well done, faithful servant. And there's a faithful God. There's a faithful God, and there are two groups of people. The people that believe God and have faith, and the people that don't. You know, we don't want to be deceived. Why is it so important? Why am I spending time reviewing? Well, the reason is because, beloved, we don't want to get off track and on Judgment Day start thinking that the big thing isn't the big thing. We start thinking that knowledge is the big thing. Why? Well, this is what the world thinks, you know. We start thinking getting things done is the big thing because that's what the world tells us. But here's the deal. On Judgment Day... There are going to be men filled to the brim with knowledge about God that God will rebuke for their lack of faith. And on the other hand, there's going to be poor widows who put in two mites to the offering box in faith, gave all they had, and God is going to lift them up and say, look at them, look at their faith. We can't, we can't get off or we're going to start valuing what the world values. Revelation 17 says that the Lamb will conquer. He's the Lord of lords, the King of kings. And those who with Him are called what? Chosen and faithful. Full of faith. Who's going to be with the Lamb on Judgment Day and conquer? Those full of faith. So we want to be the people who believe God, who have faith, right? Simple faith. That's it. Simple faith. Just believing that God does what He says. Just take God at His word, and so we'll just kind of look at that in a little different angle um, today. Let's read Psalm 23. Very familiar. That's one of the reasons that I thought this would be good, is because it's so familiar. Psalm 23: The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
So, faith is a big thing. We want to press on in the Christian life, right? What do we need today? Just a little bit more faith. We could say, somebody asks us, what are you reading in the Bible? And you say, well, I'm making a lifelong study of simple faith. Well, what's that like? Well, I just read a chapter and I believe whatever it says. That's a good deal. Um, But let's do that with this chapter. Let me ask you this. This is a very familiar, cherished passage. And I'll ask you this. Do you believe it? You know, have you taken this chapter in faith? When you read it, does your heart cry out, Amen, you know, it's true. And every Christian does, right? Every Christian does. When you hear Jesus, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, your heart does cry out, Amen, yes, God is a good shepherd. And you, you hear that He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. You know, God provides, God guides, and you're like, Amen, God is a good guide. It, it, in the, for the Christian, it's already happened. You already have, do believe this in faith, and your heart already does cry out, Amen. You know, this is true. And it encourages your heart. He, the Lord is with us. That's what it's saying too, isn't it? God is my shepherd. He's there. He's, he's with me. His rod and His staff comfort me. He's going to guide me. He's going to discipline me. And He's going to be right there. And your heart says, Amen. You know, to, basically to every line in here. Now imagine this. You know, Imagine David was here and he's reading this psalm. And we're all like a little bit more free than we were when I was reading it and we're shouting amen when we feel it. So it's the Lord is my shepherd. Amen, you know. He leads me beside still waters. Amen, you know. And we're we're shouting amen and then we get to the part where he says, "I fear no evil." And then we all are silent. Because it's like, wait. Actually, I I do like get worried and anxious and I start like fearing evil. So, it's kind of strange, isn't it? I mean, think about that. I mean, think about what that means. It's like we're shouting amen. We believe it. We believe it. We believe it. And then David says what happened to him based on these truths. And we say, like, no, not me. So here, what's going on? You know, what's going on here? Truth about God. Truth about God. Truth about God. Amen, amen. Reality in the life, silence. That's scary, you know. But it's a good thing to see, you know. I was shocked. I mean, I was shocked reading the passages. Like, God hit me like a freight train with the reality that people, the people of God can be delivered from all fear. And anxiety and worry, I'm going to... When I say anxiety and worry, all I mean is fear about future things, right? That's just what we mean when we say I'm anxious. Well, I'm afraid of something in the future, or I'm worried. It's just fear about future events. And so what about us? You know, David says, here's these truths about God. My response is that I don't fear evil. Even the worst situation like dying, I don't don't fear it. That's what he gave as an example. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you're with me. So we believe all the same truths as David. Let's 
I want us to be able to get behind his response. And it's not just David. This isn't just David. This isn't just for giants or mighty men in the faith. There are many people in the Bible delivered from fear. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Hebrews 13, 6 says, We can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Psalm uh, 46, 2 says, Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. I'm not going to fear even if the whole world is crumbling beneath me and I look to the sea. Maybe I can flee there. No, the, the, the waves are mountain, high as mountains, crashing. I have nowhere to go. Even then, I wouldn't fear. That's what he said. All of them are saying this, that they don't have fear at all. That's why they're using these you know, really crazy examples. Because they're saying, no matter how bad it gets, I don't fear evil. And the reality is that this isn't really, like for me, I don't know about you, but for me, this isn't what I think of as normal. Like, if somebody tell, tells me they're worried or afraid, I don't react like Jesus. Like, I don't say, oh, you have a little faith, you know, I'm... I just think it's normal. I just think, oh, it's normal to be worried. Oh, it's normal to be anxious. It's normal to be afraid. And, um, but I want to tell you this morning that you can be completely delivered from fear and anxiety and worry. And it's not something hard. It's not something difficult or you don't have to be wise. It's not some sort of secret knowledge. How can you be delivered from fear? It's to take what you already believe and know that God is a good shepherd and apply it by faith to your specific situation. So here's, here's a quote from Spurgeon. To take a general truth and to make it your own by personal faith is the highest wisdom. It is but a poor comfort to say the Lord is a refuge, but to say the Lord is my refuge is the essence of consolation. So whatever you're worried about, it might even be a low-grade fear, worry, just anxiety over time. It distracts you. I mean, what when you're reading your Bible in the morning or whenever you read the Bible, and you, you want to focus on God, and these, this situation keeps coming into your mind, distracting you from God because you're worried about it. I mean, that is affecting you, even if it's not you know, trembling in fear. And that day over day, it really affects our life. And so what situation is that for you that keeps you up at night or creeps into your thoughts when you're trying to meet with God? Or you're trying to pray for others and you just end up thinking about your own problems like money, whatever it is you need to get done. What is it that's worrying you, distracting you? Take what you already know about God. We already said that we would say, Amen, that the Lord is my shepherd. Now apply it to your specific situation. So God is a good shepherd. Yeah, amen to that. But take it a step further and say this. God is a good shepherd when I have rebellious kids. God always provides. That's what he's saying. He'll make me lie down in green pastures. God always provides what I need. I won't have any want. Now take it a step further. God always provides. Even when he says no to this prayer that I've been praying. 
God is a good shepherd. Even when I'm so busy, I don't know how I can get everything done. God is a good shepherd, even in this hard situation at my job. God is a good shepherd, even when I'm feeling depressed. God is a good shepherd, even when I'm sick. You see, what is it? It's taking what you already know, what you already believe, and applying it to the situation you're in by faith. So I'll read you a story here um, that hopefully illustrates that this isn't a big, hard thing. This isn't for the mighty, you know. In Bunyan's Pilgrim Progress, he says there's great heart and then there's Mr. Fearing. It's not like that. It's not only, you know, the great heart, the great people, the mighty Christians that, that are freed from fear. That's not true. Well, why isn't it true? Well, there, there's no such thing as a Mr. Great Heart. Every Christian has the same heart. God wrote it. God made it. God made every Christian new, and He gave him a new heart of flesh. So if you, there's, not, there's not a Christian that isn't Mr. Great Heart. Why? Because God gave you a new heart, and He wrote the law in your heart. And so you can be delivered from fear and worry and anxiety, not just pastors or not just super Christians. And this story is meant to show you that, um, that it's not a hard thing. Well, this story uh, is a real story. Um, Mrs. Judd was traveling with Mrs. Howard Taylor. Actually, sorry, Mrs. Taylor, uh, Hudson Taylor's wife. And she's a recent missionary in the China Inland Mission when this is going on. And they're on a boat traveling. I'm going to read this to you. This is from uh, Hudson Taylor's biography. Mrs. Judd was dismayed to see, as night drew on, cockroaches creeping out of crevices in the boat. She had always had a horror of these creatures, and she felt she could not endure to have them crawling over her in the night. Oh, Mrs. Taylor, she exclaimed, I really cannot go to bed with all these cockroaches about. She and another new missionary prepared a light by which to sit up all night, keeping watch against their unwelcome visitors. But Mrs. Taylor quietly said, Dear child, if God spares you to work in China, you'll have many nights like this, and you will not be able to afford to lose your sleep. Can you not lie down quietly and trust Him to keep you? I should advise you to. Ashamed and longing for such control over her feelings, the young missionary watched Mrs. Taylor go to rest, and after a real conflict did the same and had a good night's sleep. This may seem a trivial circumstance, she recalled long after, but many a night, when threatened by sterner foes and far greater dangers, I looked back on, what, on that simple lesson of trust and was strengthened. So let's have a conversation with Mrs. Judd as if we're there, okay? To highlight the situation, bring something out. So here, here's Mrs. Judd. She's terrified of cockroaches. She's sitting up. She, she's not even going to sleep. She's sitting up terrified. She can't sleep. And she's a new missionary to China. And so here's the conversation, imaginary conversation. Mrs. Judd, 
Why did you come over here to China? Were you not afraid of losing your life? Mrs. Judd replies, Oh no, I knew it was dangerous, but I placed my life in the Lord's hands, and I ask him to do whatever pleases him with my life, so I'm not scared. Well, what about provisions, Mrs. Judd? Weren't you scared because you won't have a salary? What if no one gives money to you and you starve? Mrs. Judd replies, No, I came to China trusting the Lord. I'm trusting He'll provide. He knows all my needs. The Lord taught me to pray. Give me this day my daily bread, and I believe He'll do it. Well, Mrs. Judd, what about all the decisions you have to make? Where to go, who to see, how long to stay? Aren't you scared you're going to make a mistake? Mrs. Judd says, No, I came to China trusting the Lord to be my guide. He guides His people. He said it will be a voice behind them telling us this is, his, this is the way walk in it. Well, Mrs. Judd, what, what if the Lord does all that, but what if, he, what if He leaves you? Aren't you scared the Lord will leave you? No, the Lord will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. Well, Mrs. Judd, circumstances look grim here in China. There's been riots. People have died. Well... I can trust the Lord. I can trust the Lord even in bad circumstances. The Lord is able to make all things work together for good. So, Mrs. Judd, if I understand this correctly, you're telling me that you came to China not scared of starvation, not scared of a lack of guidance, not scared of death, that you're certain the Lord is guiding, providing, protecting you. Mrs. Judd says, that's right. That's why I came to China to be a missionary. Mrs. Judd, why don't you turn off your light then and sleep knowing the Lord is always guiding, providing, and protecting, even from cockroaches? You see, you see what happened? I mean, it's silly. She had trusted God for huge things, for massive things. Trusted that He was a provider. Trusted that He was a protector. Trusted that He would guide her. And then she could not apply it, or she didn't think to apply it to her specific situation. Beloved, you might say, well, I see where you're going, but I'm not afraid of little things. I'm afraid of going bankrupt. I'm afraid of my house falling in. I'm afraid of dying. These aren't cockroaches. They're big things. Well, I agree they're bigger than cockroaches, but I would say this. If you're a Christian you have already trusted God with bigger things, much bigger things. Let me ask you this. Which is bigger, your house here or a place prepared for you in heaven? Which is bigger, the debt of sin and the wrath of God or your earthly finances? Which is bigger, the little things you're facing now or eternity? If you're a Christian, you have trusted God for eternity. You've trusted God with your eternal soul, right? You're not fearing. You trust Him. You believe that He's able to take it. So, let me ask you this. If you've trusted God for eternity, what about just trusting God for today? I mean, here's the big truth. I can trust God for my eternity. Well, then apply it to the little situation, which is today. I can trust God today. I can trust God this month. With, I trusted God with the big things, with my eternal soul. Okay, I can trust God with, with the little things with my mortal life. It'll only last 80 years, 90 years, this body. If I can trust God with my soul, I can trust God with my life. 
And so here's the thing. This is not some far off thing. This is something you already believe. You already believe the big things. You've already trusted Christ with the big things if you're a Christian. Can't you trust Him with the little things? Trust God with your house and your kids. You can. It's like this. You already believe this psalm. You already believe Psalm 23. Now just apply it to the specific situation you're in. Take it by faith. Don't just believe it in general. Apply it to your specific situation. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, even if I feel depressed. He makes me lie down in green pastures, even when I have more than I feel like I can handle at work. He leads me beside still waters, even when my kids rebel. He restores my soul, even though I'm lonely. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake, even when I don't know what to do on this big decision coming up. Even though the doctor told me I'm about to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Even if I don't have a wife or something else that I've been praying for yet, God's rod and His staff is going to comfort me. Even if circumstances are grim, God is my shepherd. I mean, all you see the difference? I mean, that's a world of difference. It's a world of difference to take this big truth that you already believe in general and then apply it to where you're at. You know, chronic pain, whatever. I don't know what it is for you, but something's worrying most people. Take what you already know about the Lord, apply it. It's, it's not hard. It's simple faith. Well, remember Mrs. Judd. At the end of that story, she said that this faith prepared her and strengthened her for greater trials and danger. But what about us? You know, whatever you're anxious about, isn't God preparing you for more trials? I mean, none of us here have faced our last trial, right? Even if you had a sentence of death, the doctor said you were dying. That's not your last trial. The last trial will be to actually die. And if, if we're not there yet, then we've got more trials to come. And I want to face trials without fear. I want to be freed from fear and anxiety because a lot of times just the thing that will make you unfit for the trial to come is fear and anxiety. You see it coming and the fear is making you unfit to face it. Or worse, you might spend your whole life terrified of things that are never going to come. Why, why do we want to be freed from fear? It's not the reason the world wants to be freed from fear. The world wants to be freed from fear because it makes them uncomfortable, right? It makes them miserable. But you and I, the Christian, we don't want to be freed from fear because of that. We want to be freed from fear to glorify God. Don't you want to live like Jesus really is a good shepherd? I do. Don't you want to live like, like a like a Joshua or a Caleb, and when people are fearing, you're saying, trust the Lord. Don't fear, trust the Lord. I want to be ready for trials to come. I want to be trusting the Lord. I want to be living like He's real. It glorifies God to trust Him with your trial. It does. And not only that, it helps others. 
It helps others see the reality of God when, when it's real in your life. It makes me think of a... I'll tell you one last thing. It's a, a short story from Spurgeon's life. Spurgeon, right when he came into London, right when he came into London before he was famous or anything like that, there was a cholera outbreak. And many people were dying. And he said he, there were times where he would be... All he would do night and day would be to visit dying people. People would be dying. He would go from one deathbed to another, to another, to another. And he said this. He said that people listened to him like he knew the real God. Why? Because many ministers were scared and refused to go. They did not want to get sick and die. And so he comes in and they think, this guy's not afraid of cholera. He's living like there's a real God. I'm going to listen to what he has to say because the last four ministers I called wouldn't come to my house. They were too terrified. And I don't want to be like that. And it's not, it doesn't have to be cholera. It could be work. It could be little things. But I want to live like God is real to glorify God. We want to press on in the Christian life, right? We want to respond like David. We want to be able to say, no fear. I don't fear anything. Because I've got a good God. What's the answer? How to be delivered? Simple faith. We want to be delivered from fear, worry, anxiety. We just take what is true about God, what we already believe as Christians, and apply it to our specific situation. What a good God we have. He's going to deliver me. He's going to help me. Whatever situation I'm in. That's deliverance from fear. Let's pray. Lord, we look to you. Um, these are just words unless your spirit makes it real. Lord, we want to glorify you. We want to live like you're real. We want to take you at your word. We want to press on. Lord, you showed us in your word this wasn't our idea. We didn't think this up. You, you, you said it in your word. You, said all, you showed us all these people who were delivered from fear and anxiety and worry. We want to be too, Lord. We need your help. Would you give us faith? You're a good God. We want to live like you're a good God. Help us, Lord. We love you so much. Thank you for... Thank you for the trials that we're going through that you might teach us to depend on you, that you might show us how good you are. Lord, we want to be prepared. We want to be ready to meet you on the last day. We want to be ready to point others to you. And uh, we need your help. I pray, Lord, that you might give us church uh, not freedom from fear and worry. You said that you gave us not a spirit of fear, but adoption as sons in which we might cry, Abba, Father. Lord, make it real. We ask it in your name, Jesus. Amen.